and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a unique episode of The Trash Tapes, where one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm your host, Johan Chapal, talking to you all on my own from my isolation station. This episode is a special one, a lost tape, as you were, uh, where I was not only joined by my regular victim, Edward Harvey, but also by our first ever guest, filmmaker and close friend, Sophie Black. It was recorded almost a year ago, linking with our Batman-themed month of content and to coincide with the launch of Sophie's amazing Poison Ivy fan film, Growing Shadows, which is now available to see in all its glory on YouTube. Would strongly recommend you checking it out. The reason why this episode is coming out now instead of then is due to time. As you all know now, the global pandemic is happening. A lot of us are now being asked to stay indoors where possible and to self-isolate. It was here I was rummaging through some of the older trash tape recordings and found this episode. Back then, we were following a very different format, which was a lot harder to edit and overall became a real chore to do. It included things such as commentary, um, running jokes, uh, loads of different extra things. And it became, well, hard and no longer fun. So I put it on the shelf, thinking I would go back to it eventually. I never really did. But finding this episode and listening back to it recently, uh, now that I'm trapped in my bunker, I realized how much fun all of us were having in this recording. Uh, there were so many laughs, lots of insight and nerdy banter. It felt a shame for it to never be released. So I decided to give it another shot, using the newer format that Ed and I have developed for the podcast recently, and all the joy just came back. And in fact, may inspire me to go back to some of the other lost tapes and see if I can have it up and ready for you so all of you can have some new content for your beautiful ear holes during this really scary time. This was a wonderful episode, and I'm so glad that I can finally share it with you all. So ladies and gentlemen, here is the ice pun filled and rose thorny review of the legendary Batman and Robin Featuring Sophie Black. Enjoy. Sound speed. Okay, so we are recording. We're rolling. Don't worry about it, it's fine. This is literally do not worry. I will edit this all out. Oh my god. You gotta put the Sophie back. No, don't you dare.
there. That was so loud. No, no, we can't. We can't be rude to our guest. Thank you. She can't belch. Not without. Not without our consent. You're allowed to belch. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the sign. That uh, one with burp, the burp, burp burp contract. Burp release burp form. Waiver. Release form. But waiver. But release, release waiver. Yeah. <laughs> it's a waiver. I like a burp release form. I I give you permission to use my burp. I don't. That's an example. <laughs> Ah, there we go. There we go. Is that a burp off? <laughs> that was not my fault. Your pinky went up like a posh person drinking tea. Boo. Boo words. Boo words. I was saying boo, boo words. words. Fantastic. This is just a start. We haven't even started. Yet. <laughs> All right. So. Oh. You are about to experience. Trash Cinema. Oh my god! And welcome to another episode of the Trash Tapes. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And this is a very, very special episode because it's Batman Month. And we've yeah. got an extra guest here. So, first of all, let me just introduce you to everyone. You already know him already. He's my victim. Ed, hi. Hey, guys. How you doing? And um, are you, you good? You good? I'm very well, thank you. Sweet. And then, obviously, myself, I'm Johan Chipotle, I'm the Inflictor of Pain, and I actually now got a third person on this couch. It's surprisingly uh, un- surprisingly uncomfortable. We've really crunched it quite together now in this very <laughs> tiny couch. And that is Sophie Black. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yay. Good on <laughs> you. So there's a particular reason why we got you on the show. Because obviously it's Batman month. Yes. So you want to explain to you, to clear all the listeners, why are you suddenly a Batman expert and why are you on my couch? <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an expert. I've obviously been a lifelong fan, as we all have. Yeah. But in particular, I'm here because I recently directed a Poison Ivy fan film. Oh, yes. Okay. Can you yeah. Give me... <laughs> why are you suddenly little John? <laughs> I just want to do some yips in the background. Of course you do. So, so obviously. So I want to ask then, um, what made you want to start that project? I'm intrigued. Well, uh, I mean, I, I've i always loved Poison Ivy when I was a little girl. I used to watch her in the animated series and mm. just think this woman is amazing. She's, you know, she's strong, she's powerful, she's very sexy, but she's also, she owns her strength and she owns her sexiness and she cares about the planet. And, you know, she's got a lot of good intentions behind her actions. And mm. seeing a character like that, as a little girl, was really empowering. I know she was a villain, but not really, you know. She's had a lot of good, like I said, good motivations behind what she did. Yeah. So I've always loved her. Even as a little kid, I bought all the toys and I spray-painted my hair orange because I loved nice. her so much. I stole my dad's face paint kit and, and sprayed my hair orange with this hairspray. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> not actual spray paint. It I was hope. designed for, like, <laughs> my dad used to do, like, uh, face painting at parties. Right. He had orange and black hairspray in order to do tigers for people so he could paint wow. the face and do the entire hair. Nice. And I just emptied his entire can of orange <laughs> on my hair 
because I wanted to be Poison Ivy so much. And, well, growing up and becoming a filmmaker, I think it was always in the back of my mind where everyone thinks, if I could do a superhero movie, which superhero would I do? Everyone who's a filmmaker kind of, I'm sure, has had that thought at some point. Yeah. And uh, I've always thought, if it was me, it would definitely be Poison Ivy. I've always loved her. I love other superheroes, but not as much as I've loved her. Mm. And... um, and then we've not really seen her in cinema. Done well, 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 well. We'll get on. This to is that the reason surely, why. <laughs> there's a particular reason why I got you on. Yeah. Because obviously there's the trash tapes, and you've heard some episodes and some of our videos and stuff like that. So you know what we do. Yes. We purposely go out there, find terrible movies to review. Yeah. So it being Batman Month, and you being a fan of Poison Ivy, there is one depiction of Poison Ivy in that cinema. Has, yes. In cinema, <laughs> and that is. Of the movie we're going to be talking about today, Batman and Robin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My name is Freeze. Learn it well. For it's the chilling sound of your doom. This is the way the world could end. Please, show some mercy. With ice. With a kiss. With Venom, I probably should have mentioned this. I'm Poison. Poison Ivy. And the only man who can stop them. I freeze. I'm Batman. Can't do it alone. Batman will watch his beloved Gotham perish. Bundle up, boys. There's a storm coming. All right, everyone, chill. George Clooney. Julian of the Marrying Kind. I know you've had your wild nights. Good night. Wild doesn't doesn't quite cover it. Chris O'Donnell. I want a car. Chicks dig the car. This is why Superman works alone. So many people to kill. So little time. Alicia Silverstone. And you are? Batgirl. That's not awfully PC. What about that person? Found the Batcave. She knows who we are. Guess we'll just have to kill her. Yep. In Joel Schumacher film. Strength. And courage. Partners. Honor. Partners. Partners. It all comes together. We're going to need a bigger cave. Batman and Robin. So, Batman and Robin. So, everyone, let's all let's all share about this first of all. What's our history with this movie? I saw it in the cinema. In, I don't even know this might even be my first time seeing Poison Ivy. It's all kind of mixed up from being a 90s child. Yeah. But I definitely bought all the toys, all the little Kenner action figures that nice. you could get, which looked nothing like the characters in the film. There were these very sort of cheap, plasticky things. Let's let's be honest now. Was it you, When you were spraying your hair orange, was it because of Uma Thurman? Not Uma of the Thurman. animated series. If you look at Uma Thurman, her hair is not... 
orange. It's which so we will, red. We will come on to her appearance, I think. But um, It's so red. Absolutely, yeah. So watching it in the cinemas, loving it. I loved Robin as well. I thought he was really cool. Who did <laughs> Such a hunk. I know. Such and a I hunk. had a Mr. Freeze action figure with a little gun that like, squirted ice, and I loved it. And my little nephew plays with them now, which is really cute. So. See, you're passing down the trashy love to the next generation. Yeah, and he loves them, and he loves superheroes. So. So, yeah. Just don't pass down the bat nipples. Oh, we're going to get into that later. Uh, Ed, what's your history with this movie? Um, I, I don't think I saw it at the cinema. I think I remember seeing it on TV, like, all the time. OK. And I always kind of caught it when it was kind of just... It already started. It's a long movie, and when you're mm. a kid, you don't really like watching films that are, like, over two hours or two hours. So yeah. I, I think I just kind of dipped in and out when it was on TV a lot. So, I, yeah, I may have seen it in the cinema, but I don't remember my cinema viewing. I just remember seeing it on TV all the time. It was epic in the cinema. Mm. It was epic. It As must a little kid, It was so epic. It and it's kind of weird looking back at it now, like we're watching on a tiny screen, and you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> like, when you were six, yeah. and you six or ten or whatever this was, and you're watching that, and you're thinking, my God, this is so amazing. If you were, like, a ten-year-old, all awesome. the colours, all the action, all the sounds, and everything so brightly coloured. It's 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 a joy ride for a child. And then watching it now, especially now, if you listen to our when you listen to our commentary, you'll sense that not really doesn't hold up that well. Um, <laughs> it's still amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> So, uh, my history with the movie is I never saw it in the cinema. I don't think I ever saw it in the cinema. I got it on VHS because yeah. my parents oh. bought all the Batman movies on VHS. Um, I was introduced through watching my folks watching the first Batman on tape. And so I just watched it all on tape. So, And I used to also watch the animated series. I had the videos for the animated series as well. And I remember things like Poison Ivy and Riddler and all that done well. Yes. And when you're a kid and you see, like, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, you're thinking, oh, my God, these characters are here. Yeah. Then you grow older. <laughs> and you... And and the, and the nostalgia fades away. Well, the animated series uh, holds up. Still holds Completely up. Completely yeah. holds up. It's beautiful. It's really well done. The characters are probably the best they've been, particularly like the, people like the Joker. And... Story-wise, amazing. Yeah, it's adult stuff. There's gangsters and drug-taking and everything. They don't simplify anything. It's slow-paced. It's it's moody. It's often snowing. It just it's, it looks beautiful. beautiful. And then you get this. And then you get this. Thing. Do you yeah. think there's people, though, that this was their first encounter with Batman. I bet very likely. Is. And very like, this likely, is how they yeah. thought Batman movies should be. Imagine if you were a kid and this was your first Batman movie. Of course you'd think. Then you look at the, then you look at Tim Burton's Batman you're thinking, well, wait a minute. I think this was my first Batman movie. It must have been. Yeah. It must have been for everybody. So until you saw the other ones, you're thinking, this is Batman. This is a movie of Batman and this is how it's well, going to be. you can't tell the difference when you're a kid. I think I saw that and then I saw Forever. I know that um, the second one was it Batman Returns? Yeah, the second Ter- one was Batman Returns. Yeah, yeah. terrified me. Terrified me as a child. Really yeah, because like the, because because obviously because the penguin is not his weird bird. No, it's because the soft toys get it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't oh. watch that scene. I was terrified. Oh no! The horror <laughs> when they go down the sink. Oh. I think the best thing to do is to talk a little bit about the history of how this movie came to be. For those of you who don't know. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot here, actually. So there's a little bit of a history lesson. Is anyone ready? Get down, get on your desk, get your pencils ready. We're going to go in for a bit of a ride. So, first of all, we have to start all the way back in what is now the 30th... We're recording this roughly around the 30th anniversary of the Tim Burton's 1989 Batman, right? Yeah. This movie had also... It had a little bit of bumps, uh, little bumps when it's trying to make them, but it got made, and it's still an iconic movie. Do you call it a 100% a Batman movie? Eh! 
but it's still really flipping good. Now, this, obviously, because I've ended the sequel, so then Batman Returns happened, but what they did was the studio allowed Tim Burton full creative control. Obviously, by allowing this crazy goth kid, basically, to have full creative control over Batman... Weird things happened, which could yeah. not be marketed, basically. Yep. So, you know, you've got Michelle Pfeiffer in a sexy cat suit, and this penguin, who's not the penguins, but he's this horrible bird monster, basically. You can't really sell that to kids. Scary. No. It's terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Thing is, the first one was successful. Yes, it was adult, but it was still marketable. Yeah. Mm. So this is what happened. The studio eventually then dropped. Tim Burton for the third movie, right? But he stayed along as a producer. Yeah. Then came Joel Schumacher. <laughs> this is... Joel Schumacher is probably the villain of this entire franchise. Um, he, so he, he was kind... He was punned on to have this sort of... To add his own spin on things because they... The studio now wanted... Batman needs to be more family-friendly and more marketable. Yeah. yeah. But Tim Burton was producer at the time. So that's why Batman Forever has a little bit of edge. So, so it has a little bit. I'm saying like it's 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 not Jim Carrey in like a cat suit. Okay, yes. okay, not this. Okay, it's not a sharp edge. <laughs> it's not like but a katana edge. But Tim Burton's overseeing it. Yes, it's so got, at it's least got a tone to it. Yeah. It felt kind of in the wheelhouse. Music right? was still Danny Elfman, was it? Yes, it was around that time. Yeah. So you can see how there was still something there, but it wasn't entirely that. It's changed and so on. Obviously, the Batman then changed at the same time. Yeah. It was no longer Michael Keaton. It was Val Kilmer. Now, who isn't actually too bad? No, I like Val Kilmer. Ooh, okay. Only, well, I'm a huge Willow fan, so I'm going to stick up for him. Yeah, uh, he's That's not. He's good. not as bad as people say. No, no, no. no, th- no the thing is, as, a, as an actor, he's great. Mm. I don't actually see he has anything wrong as an actor. But this is where it leads to a couple of little situations here, right? So, um, so the success of Batman Forever, right? Uh, and the studio immediately want to commission a sequel, yeah. right? The this is they hire Joe Schumacher again. To do to reprise a role and get everything else sorted, and they want to get everyone back, including Val Kilmer. But Val Kilmer uh, decided to say no to it. Now the reason why is because he was doing the Saint at the same time, and he decided oh, to do that instead. Oh no! I know. I'm not sure which is worse. I know. <laughs> Bad choice. But also, Joel Schumacher also claims that he fired him because, and I quote, and I quote, Val Kilmer was actually incredibly difficult to work with on set. Uh, Joel Schumacher said he sort of quit, but we also sort of fired him. Yeah. So, basically, he was a bit of a dick. Um, Joel Schumacher later said... that well, he's, he was Jim Morrison. He's probably still being, like, Jim Morrison. <laughs> a little bit high on drugs, being a bit of a prick, right? But then, this is the thing, Val Kilmer, would, Val Kilmer later wanted to... He left the movie as well, not just to do the same, because it was a thing, but he also wanted to leave because he wanted to work on another bad movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau, starring Marlon Brando. Oh, no. So basically, he left a terrible movie for two bad movies. Mm. Yeah, increasingly worse by the movie. (laughs) Pretty bad, isn't it? So by that point, they said, oh, what we're going to do, you get George Clooney, (laughs) who was not only... (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he was a big name at the time, so I suppose it's just an obvious choice, isn't it? It's it's weird that it's an obvious choice, but... (laughs) Seeing is as well, like, so he got George Clooney involved because George Clooney was he, he was trying to push himself out of television because he was doing ER at the time, wasn't he? Yes. So he wanted to do more lead roles, and what? To be honest, what big jumping platform to be a lead role than being Batman? Mm. So of course he jumped to it. 
I don't think he was entirely grateful for what he did afterwards, though. No. He actually claimed that he, nowadays he actually apologises for making the movie. Yeah. He apologises. He actually goes around and he says that if anyone actually saw it in the cinema, that they he will very happily refund them. Oh, yeah, he owes me some money then. He makes, he makes a big joke about it now. He's like, like the, he hates the movie and he regrets it and stuff like that. I think that makes him look worse. Yeah, because you have to sort of like own yeah. up to it. I mean, cast enjoy being in the film, you know, and then you get George just sulking through it. Because yeah. that, that, that basically just makes him look like he's just a cash-in movie. Yeah, and he's absolutely. Just like, oh, yeah, I just took the money. They're still trying to cast everybody else, and they were able to write in a few characters. Obviously, Poison Ivy is one, which we'll get to a little later on. But then we also got Mr. Freeze. Now, the reason why <laughs> Mr. Freeze happened is because, and I quote, Joe Schumacher actually was watch. He's a big fan of the animated series and saw the episode A Heart of Ice. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful episode. And that is the one which is the, the backstory for Mr. Freeze. Yes. So yeah. he said, I want that. So they did that. Now, there were multiple, there were actually multiple people who was actually going to be up for Mr. Freeze. Do you want me to give you a list of who they Yes, please. I want to know how he got from A to B looking at that beautiful episode about the little geeky scientist. Okay, so there were... There were <laughs> how did he get from A to Arnold? A to Arnold! I have no idea. <laughs> now, okay, so here's the thing, right? So there were, before, yep. right, they had Ed Harris to possibly be Mr. Freeze. Interesting. Yeah, that'd be good. That would have yeah. been good. But then he dropped out for computer commitments, right? This one's going to be a shocker, and you'll love this. Patrick Stewart. <gasps> oh, I mean, I can't see it, but I love him. There would have been Patrick he Stewart being Mr. Freeze. Well, he would have yeah, been more like past you. Hold he on. walked past me once. It was just the most amazing experience. And I was taking photos of a theatre set at the time, and I didn't even know he was there. And he just walked, walked past me and went, Excuse me, in his make it so voice. And I <sighs> was doing this fish impression with my camera <laughs> The camera was out and it was on and I was just I just couldn't speak for about an hour afterwards. I, I didn't take a photo because I couldn't move. I just yeah. Oh you, my you know, God. if you're just not expecting Patrick Stewart to be in a room and then suddenly he's in a room, mm. it's quite a shocking experience. And I mean possibly mm. one of the best moments of my life. Oh <laughs> brilliant. It's, it's, Patrick it's Stewart would be would be like more like how Mr. Free should be, like a scientist. You're you saying know. that because he's bald. <laughs> No, I'm just saying that because of how, how he performs roles. But Ed Harris, I would have loved that. He's yeah, yeah. So geeky. But any of those, either and... of those two would have been more accurate. But the thing is, Arnold is just comedy gold. So here's the thing. Now, this is what, how it got to Arnold, right? <laughs> so Patrick Stewart and Ed Harris were all considered, but they all dropped out due to several commitment issues. So, But then the script was rewritten to accommodate Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was generally interested. Now, the reason oh why Joe Schumacher decided that Mr. Freed must have been big and strong, like like he was chiselled out of a glacier, end quote. <laughs> so, and the reason why is because, obviously, or because of the famous Mr. Freed suit. Because they couldn't put a skinny man in a giant suit. So instead, get a big man in a slightly tighter suit. Mm. But they did it in the cartoon. He was always a skinny man. The suit made him powerful. He wasn't Robocop, you know, and now he is no. Robocop. But he's not, but it's not, <laughs> this is Robocop in spandex now. Yes. So Light it, up Robocop in spandex eggs. with a machine gun. Kind of sexy. <laughs> <laughs> the way you described it, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, I love Arnold. I absolutely love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. 
obviously, the fans were disappointed to a point, yeah, but it was surprisingly successful because of its toyification. Yeah. I was part of that. There you go. You are welcome, Mr. Schumacher. I well, bought all your crap. <laughs> all the Kenner toys. I, I, I bought them all. <laughs> are, are, are some of them still in the house? Are some of them here? Uh, no, they're at my my parents, so that my little nephew can play with them. But I've, I've got some. I've got one of Poison Ivy's vines. So there you there, go. There was there was so many different kinds of Batman. Batman. Yeah, Batman. 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 <laughs> there was one Batman. who was like bright orange, I think. Like yeah. a bright orange Batman suit. The what? suits looked epic on them. There was a gold clothes. Batman as well. Yeah. A gold Batman. You Why? Get, you get two Robins, you can get blue and silver, which is one that I had, or you could get like a red and black one, which looked really epic. So Yeah. Now, here's, so weird. Yeah, and it's a, this is the thing. Like Batman as a character as a whole, is he's almost gone to the point where he's almost like Sherlock Holmes. You can put him in anything and it makes kind of semi-sense. Yes. Semi-sense, right? We're not so don't don't go bananas, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's there's an anime on Netflix recently. I think there's one on Netflix where it's like part anime, part like CGI, and it's about where Batman goes to feudal Japan. Oh, oh Batman Ninja. Batman Ninja. Yes. Oh, my word. Now, that is special. On paper, seemed like the best film ever made. Mm. Ever, ever made. I was so angry watching that. <laughs> Giant monkey. Giant monkey. Versus giant Batman. No, the monkeys made giant Batman through the magic of flute. It was weird with the bats. I was so weird. And it was like Power Rangers because they all had the moving castles that became yeah, the, one the, big Uber the, castle. The fighting and... castles. It, it annoyed me. It's like it's, it's too much of a big, massive distraction. I think Gorilla Grodd just needs to stay in DC past. Just, just, just not be in things. It was, no monkeys, please. Uh, on average, on on Rotten Tomatoes, it's about. It's gone around about. 10% on Rotten Tomatoes? With an average grade of about 3.6 out of 10. Was that adults or kids? Because if kids were voting for it, I think it'd do That's going to be film critics. Yeah. That's film critics going, yes. I mean, you can tell it's aimed at kids. It's going 10 to the dozen. It's scene, 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 scene. There's no slow plot moments from the very moment the film starts. Well, that's why they got Joel yeah. in. Yeah, from the very moment the film starts, you've got major action and Mr. Freeze is there straight away. It's exciting. You know, yes. there's a lot of explosions in colour and it's, you know, kids love it. But the problem was because it was so critically panned the studio decided to actually put a pin on it and not do the next movie after mm. that um, the loads of things actually got cancelled because of it so there were planned sequels for this do you want me to tell I would love these? to know okay. what we could have seen alright let me give you some of these because oh my sweet Jesus okay so <laughs> there was Joel Schumacher had several meetings with Warner Brothers to talk about trying to convince them to make another Batman movie afterwards okay there were three of them already in the pipeline as an idea one is they wanted to that Joe Schumacher actually wanted to take it to his darker roots by making Batman Year One ooh Right, great when, comic. Joel Schumacher treatment might have not been so good. No, I have. But the thing was, he was going <laughs> to cast Kurt Russell as a young Commissioner Gordon and Selena Kyle being played by an African American woman living in the ghetto. It wouldn't be the first time. No, it wouldn't no. be the first time. I mean, Earth Earth Kit. Yes, it? Yeah. it was Earth Kit. I mean, that would have been that might have been okay. Yeah. Now that's the thing, though. That War- so Warner Brothers decided not to rehire Schumacher because of what happened with Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was a bit dirt because they say like what happened to it and the reason why because the pressure of the studio saying we make it more child friendly of course it went to the direction of the 1960s campy Batman yes. yeah 
Which we all loved. We all loved in its own bubble. Not when not when in a weird way it's supposed to link the continuity to the first Tim Burton's Batman. Yes. You see where I'm coming from? So if it was own entity, we would have loved it. Okay. Another one was interesting, was gonna be a direct sequel. Right, which was going to be called, um, it was going to be called Batman Unchained, and it was going to be a direct sequel starring Unchained. Unchained right, it was going to be a direct sequel, stuck having all the cast back, and you're going to have. Do you want to know who the villains were going to be? Okay. Yes, please. Scarecrow. Oh. And Harley Quinn. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> Joel it- Schumacher's version of Harley Quinn. If it's anything like his version of Poison Ivy, I think we would have had plenty of popcorn for you. I don't know, it might have been interesting. I assume her hammer would have made an appearance and it would have been huge. Yes, this is, this is, uh, yeah. this is quite funny. She's sparkly. Yeah. When I was in school and after Batman and Robin happened and everyone was waiting around for another Batman film, <laughs> a guy, a friend at school, I think, I think he just made it up, but he said... He'd heard that there was another Batman movie, yeah. and the title was called Batman Triumphant. <laughs> no! There is a sequel to that! That one is called! Hold on. Really? The next one was going to be a spin-off movie. He was right. Your friend was right. Your friend oh was my right. God. Your friend was right. It was going to be called Batman Triumphant, <laughs> and it's a movie that was going to be the spin-off movie where Robin becomes Nightwing. Right. Which we haven't really So he seen. must have read that in a magazine or something, yeah, but we were just cool. made fun of him. But the reason you, why... You owe your friend an apology. You <laughs> Apologise to your friend go, right now. Yeah, go name? close to the mic. Come on. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't remember his name. He was, he was just some guy in school. <laughs> so, to, to Edward's friend in school. Say sorry. I'm sorry. Yay! I'll tell you, you will know if Rob... If Rob is Rob Halls of listening? Shut he up, will Rob. know what I mean by Batman triumphant. Okay, <laughs> your friend but, was right. There you your go. So there voice. was there was in the pipeline. It was going to be a spin-off movie. <laughs> in the pipeline, pictured here. Okay, another thing that that was cancelled because of this was Tim Burton's Superman movie. Oh, oh, the death of Superman lives. I met the producer. Yeah, Holly Payne, she's wonderful, and the, the, the person who produced, sorry, the documentary. Yeah, uh, whatever happened to the death of Superman lives? The yes. documentary, and she and her husband went all round and interviewed everyone. Yeah, about what happened. It's a great I, documentary. I met her at the start of this year, and she's brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's a fascinating story that one. And is the, would you have actually wanted to see that though? Would I think it would have been an, <laughs> enough? It would have I been the most. Know. I think it would have been the balmiest superhero movie of all time. I mean, Nick Cage was like at the height of his fame, wasn't he? Yeah. he was a, a selling star. It was, it was fine. Because I think he just finished off doing Face Off around the time. Yeah. Oh. I would have loved it. I mean, we, 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 we all would have gone and seen it. We yeah. know that. We would have would spent money on it. We know that much. Yeah, you know. So yeah, this was before. This would have been before uh, Nicholas Cage was it like a a, a meme? You know, like a comedy character. Because when when I watched Face Off, I took him seriously. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. So I think it would have been great. My God, he did Leaving Las Vegas. That's amazeballs. Yeah. But you know. So, that is how we got to here. Now, this movie, as over time, I think it's because of all the kids who watched it, mm. who go back looking at it with, you know, rose-tinted glasses and say, this movie's actually amazing. Why is no one going back to Batman and Robin? Yeah. 
It was my favourite Batman film. It was, up. and I bet. Yeah. Like, and for me, as a kid, I loved watching it on tape over and over again yeah. because you don't, you never think when you're about eight or nine years old that you're thinking this is this is a bad movie. It comes on TV, it's all grainy, and you just sit and watch it on the Sunday afternoon, and it's it's, it's lovely. It's bright, it's shiny, it's childish, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. You know, you got... know where you stand. Exactly. You know exactly what you're going to get. Comfort food. Perfect. This yeah. is like proper like comfort food this is like when you go and you say you know what i'm, I'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to takeout get a greasy portion of chips yeah. and just eat that yeah. that would is the order i know i like i'm ordering it again isn't, That's it, what this film isn't is. it kind of sweet as well as a kid you're not judgmental with films no, you don't no, you just no. kind of watch them and if, as long as something exciting is happening mm. you kind of think it's brilliant you don't like think oh that that's that's poorly done or the acting's really bad or whatever you mm. you don't see that stuff even the poster if you look at it, it's on the dvd there yeah. it's just it's full of people it's actually even even the covers overcrowded the poster but as a kid you think oh even more people look at all of these people. people i can go see all of those all people faces loads of faces colors and especially if you recognize one of them yes. because you know from I, the animated series you know? yes if you're oh there's batman there's mr freeze if you remember from the animated series or yeah. if you if you watch other movies and you're getting a little savvy like mm. i recognize who arnold schwarzenegger was i'm going oh my god that's arnold schwarzenegger he's playing mr freeze my favorite let's go <laughs> and then obviously you watch it and then you know as you get older you realize oh this is a piece of dirt but it's a bit but we I, I would argue it's a bit polished. Let's yeah. have a look at the cover again. Not... See, see, Arnie is is the central piece. Yeah. He is he is the big name. He's in top this movie. build. Yeah. He's, a, he's actually the only time in all of the Batman movies where the villain was top billing. That's what I found really strange watching this film is how little Batman's in it. He has like a big saving moment at the end where he saves a couple of people. I'm yeah. sure we'll go on to them because they were amazing. Mm. But a lot of the time he's just skulking in very boring outfits in the background. <laughs> he's hardly in it. He's so 90s. He looks halfway between Ross Geller and Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Yes. He has that haircut, polo necks, and he's not even dressed smartly at any point like Bruce Wayne should be. He's like an extra in his own movie. He's just skulking in the background looking fed up. He's it's like awesome. bat robes. Bat robes and just black, boring clothing. And he's barely, it's all about Robin being young and cool, and it's about Mr. Freeze. Before we go into the act, before we actually break down the plot and some of our best bits of the movie, um, one final factoid before we go in. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, so there's quite a few people lined up, obviously, once Val Kilmer dropped out to being Bruce Wayne. This one surprised me. Is it Patrick you, Stewart? No. Oh. Do you know who's going to be Bruce Wayne? <laughs> no. David Duchovny. <laughs> Yes! <laughs> you would pay to see that. I would love, love that. Him. Dave Duchovny was going to play that. Because look, because he was hot, uh, this was the point where he was doing X Files. He, so he was big. So, yeah. so yeah. big. He was the biggest thing on TV. He was even he was bigger than ER, you know. So basically, the thing, oh, we need someone else. Let's grab Dave Duchovny. He couldn't do it. So they got. So basically. He's the so George Clooney, who now is like the biggest movie star of all time, <laughs> was basically second fiddle, second choice to David Duchovny. And he looks like he knows it, and he's skulking, and he's not even bothered. David Duchovny would have yeah. been better. Yes, <laughs> anyone would have been better than yeah. than someone who doesn't want to be there. It was also reconsidered to play Bruce to play Bruce Wayne when Batman Begins was going to come round. What? Yeah, David Duchovny. Yeah. So instead, of, so instead of Christian Bale, we could have had David Duchovny in Batman Begins. 
Wow. He's so brooding, though, isn't he? David Which is why he's perfect, yeah. kind of. Well, I mean, Christ- Christian Bale did, did a great job with that. He you did know? a great job. And Robert Pattinson, boy can brood. Well, so here's gonna... the thing. We, we, I'm actually quite eager for Robert Pattinson. So am I. I, I think he's earned it. So. I, and I think, you know what? It's, this is clearly doing, like, Batman, not year one, but Batman, like, the early years. Although yeah. we all uh, are slightly off tangent, but... Anyone else sick of the origin story of Batman? Yes. We yeah. know how he became Batman. We've seen it so, a million uh, times. Can we have the next Batman movie, which is just going to be called The Batman, right? Yeah. Can it just be Batman doing the detective stuff and the yeah. cool stuff? Can we not have, uh, you know, knowing how his parents you died? You know there's going to be a montage of him as a kid seeing them get shot. We have seen, we have seen <laughs> the death scene multiple times. Yeah. And we haven't even... We, we're talking about the movie as we're going for anyway, but we're reminded about these things constantly especially in Batman and Robin yeah. because we have the weird flashback sequences the fact with it's Alfred it's a fourth film and we're still seeing oh remember remember how you were orphaned remember that Batman and we're still seeing it George, over again. Well, yeah, like, like, isn't there a sequence where where George George Clooney is looking like just <laughs> mopey he's and he's staring at the window and then suddenly you just see if a, a horrible crossfade yeah. of little of young Bruce Wayne and younger Alfred going going over you know when, bedtime story yeah bedtime story yeah and then you got the bedtime story scene you got the bit with you see the, him looking uh, at a grave but graveyard. it looks like he's in his garden we're well, just like what the hell man? is he in his garden I, I can't I, make it out it's uh, really weird it, it's garbage <laughs> I'm sick I have to admit we're very sick and tired of the Batman mm. origin story we know this. It's, it's a great origin story, but we know what it is. It's Everyone like it's like the same same thing goes with something like Spider Man. We know how mm. Spider Man got his powers. We do not need it. to see how Spider Man got his powers. We don't need to know about Uncle Ben. We no. know this. That's my one reservation with the new Batman film. I was a bit like, oh, I like the casting. I don't want another origin story. I mean, on, I'd like an old Batman, but I kind of I think I think Batman versus Superman's meant to be the old Batman. That's the thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. Thing is. Ben, ben Affleck was supposed to be the older Batman. Now, what's his real name nowadays? Batfleck. Batfleck, yes. Poor Batfleck. No, no, actually, Sadfleck, because have you seen the meme of him when he's sad? Sad Batman. That is actually part of my daily vocabulary now. Sad, it's something's a bit sad. Again, a bit sad Batman, isn't it? And it's actually become part of my vocabulary. My favourite one was the, the, where he's... Swing. Or the barbecue. He's, he's got an apron on and everything. What about the lo- <laughs> log flume? Is it a log flume? Like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. Let's go back to this because I want to read the back of the DVD box mm-hmm. so I can explain to everyone what exactly the plot is because to be frank I think this movie doesn't need a point by point breakdown of the entire plot because to be honest this whole movie is basically a combination of just scenes yeah which is why it appealed to kids yeah because it's just like oh here's a cool thing now here's a cool thing now there's some thin bits of plot about diamonds yeah just and that's it break out the bat synopsis uh, let's break it out. So, <clears throat> I'm going to read exactly what it says at the back of the DVD oh, case. God. Chills and frills. It already starts on an ice pan, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get on to that. No, actually, hold up. Chills and thrills. Will Gotham City be put on ice? Oh, my. George Clooney is Batman as the Dark Knight battles his greatest threat yet. <laughs> Cold-hearted Mr. Freeze, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and venomous Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman. Right, Batman has more than Gotham City to protect. The youthful <laughs> eagerness of crime-fighting comrade Robin, played by Chris O'Donnell, and, and Batgirl, play, introduced and played by Alicia Silverstone. So, does it actually introduce Alicia Silverstone? No, it doesn't say that. It's just in brackets. But okay. basically, it's going to say she's in Batman Forever, isn't she? No, she no, isn't. She I, isn't. I, I keep getting mixed up all the time. Oh dear. 
Okay, so the young, youthful <laughs> eagerness of his crime-fighting comrades puts them frequently in harm's way, which is true, because these two are actually kind of dumb and put themselves in oh, danger all, all the time. all three of them are dumb. They are. Yeah. They are. <laughs> New very special effects include a wild... Yes. <laughs> yes, the CGI, the special oh. effects. Okay. New new very special effects. New very special... What, what kind of... New. Very, very special, special effects. Very special effects. They include special. a wild sky-surfing scene. Sequence. Oh, we gotta get Which to is that. in like the first two minutes of I, the film. And Mr. Freeze's outrageous ice blasting arsenal. Yeah, yeah, the ice ice. It's state of the art excitement from out bat for from our bat family to yours. Oh, that's you know, immediately you know that's a comforting sentiment right there. It's a from family our movie. Bat family to you. Yeah. It's a yeah. family movie. But this is the thing though. The, I think the reason why most people some fans who are the older fans mm. and some of the critics were annoyed at this movie is because if this is supposed to be continuity from Timber and darker Yeah. Well especially try and compare this movie to Batman Returns. Yeah. Totally different kettle of fish. I'm I'm glad you told me like that it was still trying to be part of the whole Tim Burton aesthetic, but you've got the family friendly appeal because the look of the film is so messed up in terms yes. of it's kind of dark, but it isn't. But really colorful. At yeah. the same time, and it's like these two like aesthetics have kind of like had a big battle and collided in the middle and like exploded all over the set, and that's kind of like extremely colourful, but extremely dark. And this pretty much sums up the first opening fight scene. Yes, where we get where we're first introduced to Mister Freeze <laughs> right off the bat, and he comes up with all the ice puns. Now, can I just give you one little quick fact toward us to say? Do you know how many exactly how many ice puns were mentioned? Oh, in this please movie? tell me you've got it written down. There was so it's, many. There's a number here. Okay. Do you know how many? 27. My birthday. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> 27 ice puns. 27 ice puns. Great. The Iceman cometh. Please, show some mercy. Mercy? I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. I freeze. I'm Batman. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger just appears like a beast and is stealing the diamond. Like an Adonis. Yeah, like a god. Yeah, muscly and, you know, shiny and it's weird. I love it. I mean... So strong. He comes in big and buff and tries to steal his one giant diamond and at the same time, before all this, you have, like, Batman and Robin trying to, like, get dressed and... (laughs) Oh, oh, we have to mention this. Okay, so... Are we going there now? Is it happening? Let's talk about the costume. Okay. Do you want to talk about the costume, Sophie? You start with that montage. (laughs) Right, so the montage starts off... (laughs) And this we're literally how we're first introduced to Batman and Robin is literally in a tra- in sort of an outfit montage. But we're introduced almost butt first. Mm. And it's chest like first. it reminds me of like Edgar Wright, like crash zooms, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of tooled up crash zooms. But isn't he it? does them to mock the use yeah, of crash yeah. zooms for funny. Th- these were 
serious crash zooms. I don't know crotches. I don't think the movie is serious. But it, it's serious in the context of I want to show you this in an epic way. Yeah, and this is the thing. I like this, you... this, this whole dressing up montage was introduced in Batman Forever with Val with Val Kilmer, which is an, an interesting fact about that one, right? Um, <laughs> just, just let me throw this. Val Kil- the, when George Clooney was going to get on the bat suit, they had to readjust the old bat suit because Val Kilmer was too big. Of course he was. He was ginormous. He in was terms proper of proper Bruce Wayne, he was muscly and big. And... No, no, not 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 oh, department. You're talking about. Oh my word! He was mass. He was massive. I did not know you meant that. Oh, I meant that. <laughs> Apparently, Val Val Kilmer is ginormous downstairs. So that means. But the funny thing, this explains a little bit about George Clooney because it was too big to the point that they had to readjust the suit to fit his size. Oh, what's funny is throughout. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> but but throughout the film they are making cock jokes. All the time. Subtle penis jokes. The whole time it's about masculinity and everyone's got fake muscles on and then like there's a scene where for some reason Mr. Freeze and Bane are in a car. For some reason. I love it! And he says to him like Bane's a chauffeur, isn't he? Throughout, but we'll get oh yeah, and like he's and Mr. Freeze says to Bane. You see, Bane, I told you, it's not the size of the gun that matters, it's what you do with it. It's all innuendo. Constant, but it's, it's subtle, it's enough to be in a family film, but it's it's all about fragile masculinity. Is that why George Clooney looks so annoyed the whole time? Maybe, maybe, maybe partly. <laughs> zooming in, crash zooming on his crotch that had to be taken in. Yeah, on the subject of, like, bodies, yeah. Joel Schumacher is clearly so obsessed with the human body yeah. that it's not just the montages of... Oh, obviously, we haven't mentioned... Bat nipples, which is the detail in the costume that sank the series. Yeah. But he's so obsessed with the human body and the shots of bodies and hands mm. and jokes about penises and everyone in very muscly suits, from the bat suits to Mr. Freeze. It, it, it goes beyond that. It spills out onto the street. Yeah. The set dressing is full throughout of bodies and hands and heads. And even the big showdown takes place on this giant human yes. statue. His the observatory, brain, yeah. Yeah, and he, he's, his obsession with the human body spills out into everything you see on scene. It's really bizarre, isn't it? It's, it's so strange. And it's almost as if it's like he's trying to frame... It's, it's, it's framing them lovingly, but almost, yeah. but, but it's, it's lovingly, but not like it... It's, let's, let's compare this slightly. It's not like someone like Michael Bay who's doing it, hey, look at that butt, look at those boobs, yeah? yeah. It's all like, look at them, aren't they gorgeous? It's like, it's like he's curating a museum of statues. Yes. A little bit, and he wants to keep seeing these statues like, on set. Everyone's like a Greek god. Everyone like. is. Everyone <laughs> is. And they're all beautiful, and but it's on the street. Yeah. And there's that bizarre scene with terrible CGI when all the, the cars and the bikes... On are the giant riding, hand! Yeah, riding down this luscious, muscly arm that's bronzed, and it's very strange. <laughs> now, if you link that together with Arnold Schwarzenegger, do you think yeah. that maybe he just he's just a big fan of big buff men? I think he is. Big I think he men. is. But, like, also women, but that was a little bit more... But just bodies in, in general. Yeah, the, bodies. The, the human form. The face was very yeah. obvious. A lot of close-ups of eyes... And a lot of like you know shots of faces and the cow eyes and Mr. Freeze's eyes and then 
all along the gritty, graffiti-laden streets, you've mm. got these big stone heads, like yeah. like the trolls in The Hobbit, you know? <laughs> what a comparison! Just, I know, it doesn't deserve that comparison to Tolkien, but, you know, there's these, like, heads poking through the shops. It's really interesting how it, it, it shows here, because it's like, this is a combination of Joel Schumacher's taste combined with Tim Burton's aesthetic mm. that was established for Gotham, which I still think is the best look of any city ever because it's a yeah. co- it's like a weird yeah. combination of like it has the 80s vibe it's got mm. the 50s like 50s sort of vibes got and the, the coolness, 40s film noir 40s film noir well. and gothic yeah like almost some of them are like the size of castles which we did we mentioned now um how arkham asylum is basically a castle and so is the lab where where Poison Ivy and Dr. Woodrow are working. Yeah, it's That's a, a castle. That's a weird castle lab as well, yeah. So, yeah, it's a... it's a, it's, no it's, it's, a it's like a <laughs> melding of two different... Of a family look. The colours to appeal to kids. I think the, the like, the... The uh, 1940s kind of stuff was lost after the first movie. The, it's all 90s, isn't it? Yeah. I love how Batman introduced himself, because it's so... Pants, they're dead pants. Like, hi, hi, Mr. Freeze, I'm Batman. He literally just says it like that and then slides down a dinosaur. <laughs> and then from that, then then Robin goes, drives in on his motorcycle, which looks kind of slick, not gonna lie, and goes through a wall and leaves a bat logo in the wall. Like, well, a Robin logo. Robin logo. Uh, yeah. But there's no reason for the Robin logo, is there? No. Flaming Robin logo in the back. And then they all start doing these massive martial arts style acrobatics where they're leaping and spinning through the air and, and the gun. Yes. The bit with the gun. <laughs> Magnetised. It lands perfectly for no reason on top of the thing. And the only reason we find out later it's landed so perfectly and so neatly is because Mr Freeze gets to throw a dude at it. Yes. To make it come down again. I mean, that sets the tone. That's scene two. Yes. Can we officially say that this movie's got a surprising amount of wire work? (laughs) Like, more so than I ever thought a Batman movie should be. the people that had to take the wires out. You guys... It's like Did crouching Batman, job. hidden Robin kind of thing. Very nice, like... very nice. <laughs> well done. So th- this then leads to a chase sequence that involves a rocket, and it was ridiculous. Now here's an interesting another. I'm going for another factoid at you. Go. Okay. So uh, in when Mister Freeze and Batman are in the rocket, uh, George Clooney's limping. The reason why is, and I quote, he actually, he actually dislocated his knee, not from the scene. because from hatred he, of the film. No, 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 broke. Be, because because <laughs> this, the rocket scene was actually one of the first scenes shot, OK? Before then, he hurt his knee while playing baseball because the man's an idiot. And so, so basically, for about... So for the first two weeks, he was actually secretly in a leg cast... Oh my god! That's, how did they go to backcast? Backcast. He was in a backcast, so he was limping for at least half, like at least uh, a quarter of the movie in the bat suit. But how did he do the surfing through air, Johan? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because after this is hilarious because Robin is holding onto the rocket, breaks in, and then. Mr. Freeze says several ice puns, jumps out the rocket. Rocket, Robin climbs up the rocket like an Adam West-style green screen moment. Robin! And then then it is the best bit where you mentioned. The doors blow out and they're surfing the doors with sky surfing. But remember, 
remember, Mr. Freeze jumps out backwards and has beautiful, beautiful butterfly I wings. I about that. It's like in your face, Mothra. Here's Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> as a beautiful butterfly. For Why no does he reason. look so elegant? So beautiful and dainty. And, but, but with this How he looks so dainty? He's so huge! Adonis body and his pretty little wings. Uh, it just makes no sense. And then the whole sequence is this chase scene, which leads to Robin being frozen. I love it. It's like three's bird boy, and then and then yes, the window. Yes, it, it gets by this point. He, he freezes up a he freezes up a wall to make an ice window, and then literally <laughs> just wiping it. He's wiping the window, going Aha. bye, <laughs> see you later. Because this is because we can't laugh because this is this was Batman's first moral dilemma. Do you do you unfreeze your bird friend or do you chase after the villain which starts one of my, one of a couple of minor plots in the, in the film of can can batman learn to trust robin and by the end of it we don't know we don't know that, that is never really there's no end to that story it's a bit they, of a debate but they, then they forget they forget about it and back no, no 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 they do kind of solve it but that's because they, they realize they kind of solve it because they both realize that uma the uma thurman aka poison ivy is a bit of a Bitch. Ah. <laughs> yeah, because most of the time it's about the the their love, their love for the poison love, ivy, yeah, fake love. But they forget but... about the trust. Like he even turns off his bike so they can't slide. It's about a sort of parenting. You feel like at the end of the film there should be a moment of, even if it's really cheesy, Robin, I can trust you. Well, yes, there should they be all, like kind they of all put the hands in and go, yeah, we're a team. Is that closure for you? Is that closure? That's how you end it. I mean, yeah, like. The Batman, uh, Robin and Batgirl shake hands and Batman puts his fist on their hands like, yes, I accept so, you So they all. forget yeah. about the whole sort of Batman is basically Robin's father thing. They kind of forget They've about that. They've got the father figure situation, like, yeah. They do. And, and I have really, it's really, at the start, it's Robin trying to get, you know, trying to be treated like an adult. Yeah. And that never really—you never have a moment of, of Batman being like you—you—you you, you are a man now. So there's there's no know, proper it, parenting situation. No, it's not, not like it's not about actually and I, because no, not, there's not so to much the, thrown at it, you know. And, and, and not to use the pun like in this way, but it's about time that you know Robin leaves the nest. Yes, well, that would make sense if that was in if the next movie was meant to be him Night turning into Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's kind of already thinking, I'm too big just to be a sidekick. Too big I, for my britches. I yeah. need to be Nightwing now. So he's almost like, almost get into that phase. Like if we'd had the other film, that would have been like, yeah. why, why am I so fighting this? I don't care. It's really, it's a really crap story. Like. I know, but still, no, no, you know why? It's because you love Batman <laughs> and do. you love the series so much. I just feel like there's so many plots in this film. <laughs> No, the reason why I've got you on the show is because you are the biggest Poison Ivy fan I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you. And I think I've met bigger, and they are very supportive of my work, and they're amazing. But this so. is the thing: is like <laughs> you know what I know that who is so big into Poison Ivy, and so I want to actually, honestly, know your true, honest opinion on her depiction on Uma Thurman's depiction of Poison Ivy. Well, we watched and read a lot of things to do with Poison Ivy on the research for our fan film because we yeah. wanted it to be. The fan film, the one yes. for the fans, the ultimate version of Poison Ivy that they've all been waiting for, they've really not had. So mm. we researched a lot and this came up and we all, and myself and producers, uh, Robert Dukes and Ashton Diaf, who also play Bruce and Ivy in the film and Ashton yeah. wrote the script, we mm. all decided we wanted to make the anti-Uma Anti-Uma. The anti-Uma. That's how bad because, it is. Uh, I have nothing against Uma Thurman. It, 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 
it's very strange casting for a start. I mean, if you see Poison Ivy yeah. in the animated series, which is on at the time, she's, no offence to animated Poison Ivy, but she's petite. Mm. She's a petite, curvy woman. She's very intelligent, but she, she's not tall and statuesque. Yeah. And um, She's supposed to be the ideal femme fatale, isn't she? She is, but every, if you see her in the comics, like the very, very first comics, you can tell Joel Schumacher was a huge fan of the 60s Batman because the very first introduction of Poison Ivy was her coming in and causing a rift between Robin and Batman. And Which is a plot line. Which is a plot line. And in, in this film, but again, she's, she's little. She's feminine, she's curvy, but she's she's not tall. And, you know, were there no red-headed actors available? Why do they never cast... Back then, they never cast red-headed actors. Why do they go for blonde? Same with Batgirl. But here's a weird thing, though. We had Julianne Moore around the time. Who would have been fantastic. Very, very intelligent scientist. And, yeah. you know, it was very, very strange casting. But basically, what we love about Poison Ivy mm-hmm. is the fact that, obviously, her main goal is... Eco is the sort of saving She's an eco-warrior. She is an eco-warrior. She's saving the planet. And a lot of the stuff she does is for a good cause. And, you know, it's a lot of it is like, shut up and worry about the big stuff, men, and trying to shut down big corporations, mm. which is what people are doing today. If you look at people in London doing sleep outs, try and get the big companies to listen to the climate yeah. crisis. It, it's a very good cause. That is her main thing. Yes, she can control men. Yes, she um, is emitting pheromones the whole time, which she can use to her advantage. She is using her sexuality. She is. Something that is part of, but she uses it as a weapon. As to... a weapon. Yeah, absolutely. A scent is a big part of a plant. She's part plant. She uses it to control people for a greater good. Yes. And you see her in this, and for some reason she's like a bumbling, awkward scientist who looks a bit dirty, and I yep. find that quite offensive, you what's, know, it's like... So what's easy. interesting, though, is, like, you, as being a Poison Ivy fan, mm. and Ashlyn, who played Poison Ivy in your film... Is a massive, massive fan. Massive yeah, but fan. They, they don't they appreciate this movie? <laughs> in a funny way, they, it's oh, like it's I mean, so everyone, bad. It's yeah, good they, movie. They so this it, is what they... this movie is about. This is this movie is like even if you don't appreciate what they did with it, the characters, it's just a fun, entertaining movie. Regardless, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we all have a laugh. But she starts out as this eco warrior who is bumbling and dirty looking, and it's very, it's kind of offensive. For eco, she's supposed to be. It's the fact that when she becomes, I mean, I like that they got Doctor Woodrow in there because you yeah. very rarely see that story. And yes, Doctor Woodrow is, in the original comic version, the yeah. one that made Poison Ivy who she is. And I like that he's there, and I love John Glover as an actor. I like that it's very strange, because he basically chucks loads of stuff on her, and then she's like, I now have poison lips, the earth has told me. And it's very, I love that, though. Oh, she, knows, she knows straight away yeah. what, what her powers she are, is, what then. she is. Dr. Isley? Mm-hmm. Pamela? Mm-hmm. You look great. <laughs> Especially for a dead woman. Hello, Jason. I think I've had a change of heart. Oh, quite. Me? Literally. Oh. The animal plant toxins had a rather unique effect on me. They replaced my blood with aloe, my skin with chlorophyll, and filled... My lips. Mm. 
with Venom. Oh, and Jason, one other thing. I probably should have mentioned this earlier. I'm poison. It's a jungle in here. I am nature's arm. Her spirit. Her will. Help. I am Mother Nature. And the time has come for plants to take back the world so rightfully ours. Because it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. And this is the thing that they do differently in the movie, yes. where the idea is like, oh, you're just my assistant. Now that you're gorgeous, oh, I love you. And obviously, poison yeah. lips, the whole situation. We all yes. know poison, Ivy, poison Ivy's powers. Although one power, can we talk about, Yes. that we're annoyed at, is that yeah. for someone who's supposed to be in charge of the earth, right, yes. control earth and plants and everything, she rarely controls plants as a defence mechanism in this entire movie. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I know her look is... I mean, her look is 90s. We can yeah. forgive it because it's 90s. She looks halfway between Charlie's Angels and the Spice Girls with all this Je- clever... Definitely Jerry Halliday. Yeah, and the cones on the head like Scary Spice had. <laughs> and, yes! and I get it because I used to love that stuff, so that's probably why I loved Poison Ivy as a kid. I get it. It's a product of the 90s. The look, we can kind of forgive. What we cannot forgive is the fact... Well, well I cannot forgive. Wow. It's the fact that... Poison Ivy is strong. She uses sexuality as a weapon. Yes. And she can control plants, killer plants, poisons, chemicals. She has vines coming out of the earth, strangling people. She's incredibly powerful. In this one, she only does the seducing thing. Yeah. Yes. She only uses the plants to decorate. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I love a Poison Ivy. And hangs up up Batman once. Oh, she does once. But the majority of it is about romance and, like... Oh, and all her strength yeah. comes from Bane. She even says, "I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter." Yeah. Think, so no, I've no, got no, no, Bane. No. She uses the Earth to fight back. Absolutely, she's got Bane to fight for. Even and this ties in with the action figures. A wonderful line about uh, the poison ivy action figure comes with Bane to do the fighting for her, and it's so backwards and horrible. Yeah. And like she finally gets a knife out to fight. And gets distracted by her reflection in the night. Yes! That was hilarious! And the moment she meets... Um, Doctor Mr Freeze. Mr Freeze. <laughs> the brain freeze. The moment she forgets, meets Mr Freeze, she's like, wow, he looks like a god. And suddenly she turns into this, like, gasping, scared woman, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I just oh gotta god. have him. Oh, my God. And she, like, they come up to a cliff and she's like, oh, no. And it's terrible. I mean, they did exactly the same thing in the 90s with um, Robin Hood. Yeah. They introduced Maid Marian and she was in a suit of armour and she's supposed to be strong. But then soon she meets Robin and she's all like, oh, no. So, so are we saying that the moment a, a, a strong, independent woman finds a, rather, a somewhat rather attractive big man... Yeah, it all fades away. It all and, fades away. And she doesn't need to be strong. And it's the opposite of what Poison Ivy is supposed to stand for, as many women out there. In this movie, she is a sex pest. Yes. She's a total bit of a predator. She forgets her overall motivation and just starts seducing people and ends up doing it to help Mr. Freeze because she likes him and she fancies him. But does she really? Because she did try to unplug his wife. To get him for herself. And another thing in in, in the comics is that Poison Ivy is a very strong feminist and looks after women and would never hurt a woman. 
Yes. But an innocent woman in particular. Her, like, main thing was, like, to get Mr Freeze to, to freeze the world to start again. That was an afterthought at the end. For a while, she just said, like, Was that oh, her main motivation for getting Mr Freeze involved? It like it. She was like, oh, look, he's a god. And then she said to the wife, I don't like competition. Yes. It's clearly a love thing. One of the best lines in the movie is, like, is like as, as I told Mrs Freeze when I pulled her plug... This is a one-woman show. Absolutely. And it's just bizarre, and she's just kissing men. And uh, one final thing, why does one of her plants attack her suddenly? The the giant plant throne eats her. I get her being in a plant throne that's very ivy, you know. It's very sexy, I like it. But it's sexy. I like it. But but it turns but, on her for yeah, it just eats her. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it, it's it's the opposite. For our film, we've gone very much. We are inspired by Nolan. We want, don't want it to be tacky in yeah. any way. We don't want it to be camp. We've talked about our camp. This film is, and we want it to be realistic. Obviously, it's Ivy. She's a fantasy character, but it's very very grounded in reality. Mm. And she is ginger. Yes, ginger. That's the wonderful ginger. Ashlyn is, and not red hair and even her, her her costume looks like it's made of the earth she's not yes. pulled on sequence because a lot of the books of the comics Ivy does not wear clothes mm. she's a plant everything she wears is grown from herself she wouldn't she only puts on clothes in the disguise she would never put on tights and sequins she, it was, you know. she was so shiny though oh my, but everyone watched she was so sparkly and beautiful Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the big ball. Now, this is the ball mm. that Bruce Wayne uh, tries to negotiate to get Mr. Freeze out because he knows on purpose that they're going after diamonds. Yeah. So he, kind of, he does this fake save the rainforest thing. It's basically a fake thing in order to get... Uh, Mr. Freeze to arrive to steal the diamonds. There's all these women being objectified on the stage and bitted for, and they're all looking pretty. Yeah, it's like, here's 100,000 for the tiger lily. And for the orchid. I I want the blossoms. And then, and then, Poison Ivy appears, first of all, in a monkey suit. (laughs) Looking like Booster from Arnold's other film. Oh, yes. What was it called? Was it Booster? Jingle Jingle the Way. Booster. Turbo Turbo Man's sidekick. Get Booster up there, seriously. It was just, it was Booster. And then, and this is the thing that makes me giggle afterwards, right? So he's, this reminds me, you said it reminds you more of like Rita Hayworth removing the clothing, something like that. Oh, funny fact. So just the day before the Poison Ivy shoot, I got all the crew together because we wanted it to be a little bit Nolan. We wanted it to be very film noir yes. because that is the origins of 
great Batman is film noir. And, and Poison Ivy is a classic femme fatale character. And, I mean, this film tried to hark to that with the uh, Bane, as I'm sure you'll get on to, mm-hmm. with the hat uh, oh and the coat. <laughs> but we did actually watch Gilda. Rita Hayworth's Gilda, which is oh. a scene where she takes the glove off in that very sort of sexy striptease, which is yes. just the removal of a glove. Yes. And we watched that all together to sense the tone and for performance inspirations. And so it was quite funny that we watched the actual Gilda to, for having a, an impact on a realistic, we hope, version of Ivy. Yeah. And the fact that they kind of do that here... They kind of reference it. Yes. Although, you it's know, the weird one for me, when I watched it, I got a different idea. It reminds me of Jane Fonda and Barbarella. You know the beginning of Barbarella when she's in the giant spacesuit and then she rips off to be floating naked. It kind of reminds me of that because the suit's ginormous. Yeah. And then once she removes the furry monkey suit... And everyone's... Sorry, she doesn't make a sound, but everyone turns around to look at her. Because you know what? Because that monkey's a sexy monkey. It's such a sexy monkey. It was dancing. And they're already seduced, aren't they? Even when she's in the bloody costume. It's like, oh my God. What is this thing going on? Wow. I I would love the fact that someone's sitting there going like, wait a minute, why am I falling in love? with a monkey <laughs> just imagine if you're that charismatic yeah even when you're in a, a monkey costume before you're taking it off people are already who's that guy in the monkey costume? who's that monkey costume now <laughs> this then leads into poison ivy exposing herself and like i'm like revealing herself basically yes. and this is where they this is the scene that probably introduced the sort of like the pheromones the uh you know the the, the little dust that's supposed to make them fall in love yes. and so batman and robin have an argument <laughs> Originally, one guy in the one guy in the crowd says half a million, and then Batman and Robin have an argument about how much Poison Ivy is really worth, and what does Batman pull out? <laughs> the Bat credit card. Bat credit card. <laughs> I think that is the point where the series died. No. I disagree. I think it's the best moment in the film. Really? Never leave the cave without it. I. <laughs> we had a bit of a phase on the run up to making the Poison Ivy fan film where we were buying Batarangs, which yeah. is one of the most fun things I've ever done. Nice. When we were buying Batarangs and we were messaging each other secretly at work, being like, did you want the black one or the silver one? I'm just talking about it. Which was so much fun. And while we were on Etsy and I was looking at Batman props... I found the bat cards. No way. And they are available on Etsy and Maker makes them. And I was so tempted to get it for oh. Rob Dukes to uh, to give him on the day. Rob Dukes playing Bruce and be like, would you mind uh, just pulling this out on set, please? And I, I chickened out in the end because the budget was quite tight. But I... Rob, if you're listening, I nearly gave you one of those credit cards to hold. Now, now, now the reason the reason why I thought that's like the death nail because <laughs> nipples I, was a death well, nail. Well, okay, nipples may have been one There's of the There's so many. many. Yeah. There's so many nails in this coffin, right? But I would say the back credit card for me is a death nail because how does the back credit card work? <laughs> that's the thing. If you think about it in too much depth, then it, it loses its like power. It's fantastic as <laughs> a gag. Or just the never leave the cave around it cut to the back card. Yeah, but then the question is then, how does it logistically work in this universe? The only way this can work <laughs> is if Bruce Wayne owns a bank, his own bank, and he's, te- he's technically secretly got a secret account that's basically under the Bat Bank. So he has his own separate money in the back credit card for his own... Oh, it's it basically... What, would it be like an American Express where, you know, you're supposed to use it in many shops, but a lot of shops would be like, oh, I'm really sorry, I don't take that card? Yeah. Yeah, and all the working machines. Well, there's, there's a little... On the card, there's a little logo that looks a bit like the Visa logo, but it says goth, goth card. Yes, <laughs> goth I love it. Goth card. Yes, perfect. <laughs> 
So it's like tiny. I've got to get like a picture of it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's just I really want a prop replica of it now. I think personally, it might be Gotham card, but it looks like Goth card. Goth card. No, I I think it would be Goth card. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, there are pictures of it online. Like, so you can buy them on Etsy, and and the detail, the puns written into this card. You're looking into it. Yeah, I'm looking at it. (laughs) But here's the thing, right? So at the end of it, yeah, I think like if you ever want a a scene that sums up this movie 100, percent I say it. It's that scene. It's an incredible scene. It's massive. There's so much going on. It's all about the extras. The extras in this movie are amazing. I mean, like I said, apart from Batman, who is basically an extra in his own film. But uh, (laughs) wow, supporting in there, why don't you? (laughs) But the extras. Are amazing. There's yes. a bit where they unveil the telescope, and the actors are like, they've never seen a telescope in their life. Like, wow! And there's, <laughs> an, there's an angry Texan man yelling out, like, I would like half a million dollars for that one! Yeah, absolutely. And right at the end, the scientists. Yes. The scientists that are working on the telescope that end up somehow caught up in the final battle and the woman gives an amazing face she has got the best like screaming face going on when yeah yeah when when it's a bit when she when his uh, when her like her other scientist friend Mm. gets frozen her face is amazing (laughs) just keep screaming like Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh and my then, god! Like they get unfrozen, but they still get carried along. The, the, the telescope spins around, and one of them goes, "What a day!" <laughs> yeah. And then, oh. and then there's like the the prison guards. One of them is the prison guards. One of them is Jesse Ventura, the Jesse the Body Ventura, who's a, a big pro- the wrestling big star. Wrestler. And then the other one has an eye patch on because why? Randomly, and they're really mean, and they're not really doing their job properly, and they're, they're the just, worst. And just oh my god! I mean, that is attention to detail when you get an ex wrestler as an extra. And of course, yeah. we all have one favourite extra. Yes, the dog. Yay! <laughs> okay, so this this is overall perpetual P. Part part, <laughs> part part another of one of the side plots basically is the the main plot basically is Mister Freeze is going to freeze the entire planet using and diamonds. Using using diamonds. Originally, the diamonds were there just so he can generate. Uh, enough power and subtle things, not only for his suit, but also to help save his dying wife. Which is the emotional core of the film. There's some lovely scenes. And I have to admit, though, that those bits are really, really Mm. well done. Mm. Um, Everything else, though, just fails in comparison. But then there's a bit where, eventually, he uses the telescope, as we mentioned, Mm. turns it into a freaking freeze ray and freezes all of Gotham, including a dog that's on halfway on the verge of a piss. And <laughs> I'm a bulldog, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bulldog. And the thing is, can I honestly say, the moment the moment he gets dethawed, I don't think he ever gets a chance no, to No, he's finish. like, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to pee somewhere else. I'm, I'm not even doing this. It's not maybe, worth it. Maybe he'd finished his pee, but that bit got frozen in, in the perpetual pee. Maybe he got Ew. stage fright, I don't know. <laughs> And then he just had to snap it off and move <laughs> oh, on. No! <laughs> Worse. You, you know that it's for kids when there's a dog and you show the dog surviving. And this it's nice, true. you know. It's... Snap off and go. Oh, uh, before then, speaking of extras, can I give you one quick factoid? Is okay. it about the extras? Yes. Okay. Two extras were arrested and fired after attempting to sell <laughs> secretly shot footage from the movie. Was it the scientist? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so basically, it's more like, hey, look, I'm in this movie. He's like, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, wait a minute, you know. So basically, two extras got fired uh, because they were actually trying to sell 
footage they shot from the movie. Yeah, well, like really crappy, like film. like nineties phone footage or something. No, well, no, well, they, they it would be camcorder around this time, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, because no phones were that fancy. No, so they tried. They must have filmed some behind the scenes shots or something like that, and yeah. then boom, try to sell it off. What a bunch of cheeky bastards! So we're introduced then to another character added into this. Have you not had enough characters already in this film? Batgirl. <laughs> Girl, now, Batgirl in the comics is Barbara Gordon. Yes. Who is basically the daughter of Commissioner Gordon. Yes. But in this, they changed it to be the niece of Alfred, so it's Barbara Wilson. Yes. So there, there's no reason why this is the case. Maybe it's because the way the characters have developed in the movies, Commissioner Gordon doesn't play a big part. As yeah, he's, he's nothing to do with it, so there's Very no little. reason. A Winnie the Pooh-voiced bumbling <laughs> cop, basically. Yeah, true. Yeah. So she is half American, half British, because she is the niece of this of, of Alfred. <laughs> yeah. So she doesn't pull off an English... It means that they did that, so therefore she can get away with having an American accent, even though she's supposed to be the niece of a British butler. Yeah. Okay? Now... Throughout this time, this then leads to one really fun sequence, which is the biker sequence. Incredible sequence. Huge. Awesome. Oh, actually, there's one extra we have forgotten to mention. Oh. In the, there's an amazing scene where they show all the gangs. Every yes. gang you could ever want, including the Drugs. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, from, so how did they get the rights to the Drugs? I don't know. And then, Very warriors. Very warriors, like the movie The Warriors. And then know. amongst the gangs, mm. the man with all the gangs, Coolio. Coolio. How the yeah. fuck is Coolio in this movie? Coolio, because it's the 90s. They have everything <laughs> 90s in this film. You've got Alicia Silverstone, you've got head cones, and then you have Coolio, Coolio. in a gang. Kind of cool. And he looks fantastic. He looks amazing. He has, like, one line, but he looks amazing. The action sequence of the whole driving thing was really awesome. Incredible I mentioned that. It feels, like, it feels like a video game from, like, a PlayStation thing. It felt, yeah. like, it felt awesome. It's a really fun sequence. What was interesting as well, though, is, like, um, the, the neon guys. Yes. Oh, the neon guys before that. Yes. Yes. Oh, they but... look incredible. Yes, they do. They look incredible. See, it's Poison Ivy and Bane go to get... The, claim the baths, but the, yes. the old botanical baths, so that she can create a wicked layer. Yes, everyone loves the layer. The layer was cool. And uh, you've got these guys that are basically lit by ultraviolet light the entire time, which yes. is very nice. They look incredible. They stand out so much, and we generally thought while watching the movie that they had a more prominent role. Yes, they're only in this one scene. There's so much effort for something that looks that cool. All that happens is Ivy flirts with them and Bane beats them up. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But we, I'm sure I've seen... I've seen a, a scene, right? I think right? we made it up, buddy. <laughs> I've we seen made a scene it up. What's that where like? there's, like, like, they're like... They're going down the street. Yes. Like, on bikes or something. I thought and, in the bike scene. And it, there's lots of neon. I, I don't think... I can't remember them just being in, like, a layer and that she talks to them and that's it. I, I, know, I honestly think we made it up. So you have Elisa Silverstone. You have um, you have you have, you have basically Robin who sneakingly follow her because she's like, oh, I don't like bikes. Oh, wait a minute, she takes taking bikes out like a sneaky sod, and then goes on basically dirt bike races in awesome layers like that looks like the post apocalypse. Where are they in Gotham that looks like this? 
And they're all on that set. You can tell they're actually cycling on a bridge and yeah. like biking on a bridge, and yeah. it's a real set. It would be it would be CG these days, you know. Yeah, I mean, and and some of it looks like amazing artwork. Some of it's like really built. Some of it's CGI. It's all really built in to look like this really awesome world. Gotham looks awesome. It's another unanswered plot thread. Is that whole scene with the whole build up with, with, with Robin and Batgirl? Ooh. You think that's going to be something. You they're think different. they're going to, yeah. You think that's going to be a relationship. They're chasing after each other. And by the end, it's forgotten. Alfred, are you well? As well as can be expected, sir. My friend, I know you're sick. Now I can get you the best doctors. I have seen the best doctors. A gentleman does not discuss his ailments. It is not civilized. I hope that I have taught you at least that much, Master Bruce. Alfred, have you ever regretted your life working here? Looking after heroes? No, sir. My only regret is that I was never able to be out there with you. Well, not all heroes wear masks. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Identify. Identify. Uncle Alfred, it's me. Barbara. I expected you might find your way down here, child. As such, I programmed my brain algorithms into the bad computer and created a virtual simu simulation. I'd like to help Batman and Robin. I anticipated you would and took the liberty to create something in your size. Suit me up, Uncle Alfred. <laughs> Alfred's dying. Like, literally, suddenly he's, like, a little bit coffee, and then suddenly now he's in bed with a heart yeah. monitor. Yeah, suddenly there, yeah. Like, <coughs> literally from a... <coughs> I'm sorry. To like, oh, I'm gone, I'm dying! I can't believe this was so comprehensible when I was a kid, you know, but... Yeah. It made uh, sense at the time as completely. a kid. So then it says, like, give this to my brother, Wilfred. Wilfred. Wilfred and Alfred, yes, yes, I love it. Pass it. <laughs> and then she said, like, I'm family. I'm going to look at this up. So she, So being a bit of, again, another bit of a... Cheeky sod looks at his private information, but then finds out about Batman and Robin, mm. which then says Alfred says like, and it's really horrible. Oh, I've always known that you would have found out eventually. I have copied my brain into the back computer <laughs> because, of course, you can. Everyone does it in in comics. It's a thing. How does that? How is how is Alfred? So tech savvy. I don't know. I I don't. Know. Anyway, okay. So it's, then. I, Sorry, also, it's kind of sad that, you know, like, he's so much of a gent, like an old-fashioned gent... Yes. ...that he doesn't discuss his illness with anyone. Yeah. So when he, he becomes really ill, he, say, he says to Bruce, like, oh, I didn't, he didn't know you were ill, and he says, well, I don't talk about these things. And I thought I thought it brought you up that well to say that you, gentlemen don't talk about their, like... Yeah, which is a bad they, message to get It to is bad, because, because it's, like, very, very old-fashioned, that is, isn't it? But that's the thing about this movie, I think, secretly. Yeah. This whole movie is about 
It's about gender roles. Mm. Yeah. But I, really bad ones. Can I talk about Batgirl a yeah, little bit? Yeah, let's talk about Batgirl properly. So she officially becomes Batgirl yes. and goes and fights off a fight against Poison Ivy in a rather decent-ish sequence. Decent-ish. Decent-ish. You have the knife bit in that. Yes, though, that's you true. Know? But my issue with Batgirl is they kind of... I think because they were aware it's such a cock fest and it's yes. all about masculinity. I think they wanted to bring in Batgirl to be like, oh, let's bring in a strong female character. The strong female character should have been Poison Ivy. Yeah. For a start, because mm. she always has been, Batgirl is, is brilliant, but she's not as strong as Ivy. Batgirl's brought in and she is constantly sprouting paint by numbers written by men feminism. Yeah. You're about to become compost. Using feminine wiles to get what you want, trading on your looks. Read a book, sister. That passive-aggressive number went out long ago. Chicks like you give women a bad name. As I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one-woman show. I don't think so. There are shots of her crotch and her boobs, just the same as everyone else. And how is she introduced, guys? I know you were paying but, attention. But, but first, high heels first. Schoolgirl. School, oh, yeah, my God, yeah, yeah. Schoolgirl yeah. outfit. But first, schoolgirl outfit in short, short skirts. Yeah, low angle of her. And she stands Almost on the Almost the skirt. It, yeah. was, it was very close to a proper panty shot. and leans up so the camera gets a better shot of her in a little skirt. Robin comes out and there's this pan up her body. Yes. And then, and then, and then, and then I think he's, Robin says, like, say, I hope you're here to see me. I know. The thing is with, with Batgirl as well, in this movie, for mm. example, uh, she, she hasn't had any training. No. Any training. So Not why so. is she a superhero when oh, she's wait Batgirl? A minute. Should I, should I? Uh, oh, okay. This will actually enrage you, Sophie. But I have, I have another factoid. <laughs> I thought you'd done with a factoid. No, no, no. I always throw <laughs> them in when I can. So most of the scenes with Batgirl were cut including a training sequence. Mm. Oh! Because Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. Now, <clears throat> when the press discovered the news, they slammed Silverstone's weight gain and mocked the actress for being too fat to fit in the costume. Oh. No one mocked George Clooney when they had to take his costume in. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Double standards, people. De- uh, Joel Schumacher publicly defended Silverstone during the interviews and press meetings, well, joking, something. what is this girl's big sin? She ate some pizza, so what? <laughs> that's the line. Uh, that's not that that's good not of That's not defending, defend- is it? Yeah. That's, like, oh. really... When the taunting continued, Schumacher lashed out at the reporters that taunted her. He said in the interview, it was horrible. I thought it was very cruel. She was a teenager who gained a few pounds, like all of us do at certain times. I would, I would, I would confront female journalists and, and I'd say, with so many young people suffering from anorexia and bulimia, why are you crucifying this? Well, that yeah. was good of him. Yeah, that's good. That was good. But it's so surprising that there was a whole, there's a, there's literally loads of footage that 
hadn't has been cut because mm. she was a little bit bigger than she started. And some directors would have like had a go at her for, yeah, for, for like gaining the weight and yeah. stuff, like especially at that sort of time. So that's kind of good that so he was, was defending her. So it was cut because of continuity to a point. Yeah. Well, the script itself is still she's saying a lot of supposedly feminist things to appeal mm. to a female audience. But the way she's filmed, she's always backlit. She's always having a wind machine on her hair, yes. and it, it's just it's, it's, just it's music video. Look. Absolutely, the way she's filmed opposes what she's saying as it's, the way she acts. It's just it's not believable that she would be a superhero when no. you don't see how she's become a superhero. She yeah. keeps acting like a bad girl. A bad girl is not a feminist. They are two different things. I mean, a bad girl could be a feminist, but it doesn't mean she's a feminist just because she's bad. Yeah, at times and steals a bike. It's it's it it's is a, this whole movie is a very mixed message. Yeah. Going back to how the, the the movie is basically two different versions of feminism, two different versions of masculinity, mm. and the main masculinity is basically a sword fight between Robin and Batman, saying who's gonna bang Poison Ivy first? Yes. Yeah. And the whole uh, and this this rips them apart. Yes, this this is this is part of comic book law, but at the same time, it's done in Not literally like oh my big is basically a cockfight. My dick is bigger than your dick. Yes. That was basically what this and is. They forget the fatherhood story, which is more touching. than the fatherhood between Batman and Robin yeah. for a dick fight. Exactly. And, uh, and you compare this masculinity mm. to the other character we have to mention, Bane. We are now talking Bane. Bane. So, look, this is the thing. As I'm actually a big fan of Bane, not yeah. this one. I used to, <laughs> not this one. Johan, telling... you surprised me. Not this Bane. Not this Bane. Oh, my goodness. Because let me explain. Right, Bane, <laughs> actually, Bane was a fairly recent character in the, comic, in the comic books. Came out around the early 90s, right? Now, the thing was, he, is a fam- he is already was a famous luchador who basically got obsessed who's basically got addicted to steroids but he is actually incredibly intelligent and is actually the only person who's so strong can is literally crippled batman this is yes. the famous storyline that led to batman breaking his back right yeah, yeah. and he, he was articulate and smart and was able to use his strength but was never a brain dead husk no. Like he is here. Nolan gave us that. He was so intelligent in Nolan's Batman. Bane was. Bane, Bane was good in the Arkham games as well. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I think I think what it is, I kind of liked more uh, Christopher Nolan's Bane. But mm-hmm. I thought two things were wrong with that Bane. Number one, the voice is by far the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. the theatrics? What was that yeah. voice? And he's not big enough. Bane is like a tank. He is huge. And he, he was big in this. He was. He looked the part. He looked the part, but didn't act the part. And then, and Bane, in Bane in the Batman series, in the, in the Dark Knight series, acted the part but didn't look the part. So it's mm. kind of like if you merge those two together somehow, you would have got the perfect depiction of Bane. Because he is so full of venom, basically, mm. in this movie. Um, that he is so br- he, he can't speak to the point that we laugh at the movie because he only has at least six lines and they're all one word. <laughs> they're just, like exit, just honey. Repeat, yeah, repeating bat. the last line that someone else said. Yeah, bat. But sometimes Gah. he does try and talk in grunts, like <laughs> yeah, he's the chauffeur to poison ivy. It, it, it's kind of film noir style scene so oh I my like god that. we're first introducing properly afterwards in, yeah. a, in a whole hat and suit aren't we yes just, he's just in a film noir coat and... just imagine that you know how he repeats the last word yes and like you know you got your poison ivy setting just imagine if poison ivy mentioned a long flower name like mesembryanthemum 
There's a real forever would, man. Would Bane say? I would love that. <laughs> like you'd be like the world's hilarious tongue twister. Uh, let me see if I can think of a real one. Hang on, nectar scored them thickly. There's a brown nectar That's a real flower. It is because I Who had it on. A, I had it on a spelling test <laughs> when I was in it. primary school. Yeah, go I can on, spell then. it. Go M E S E M B R I A N. T H E M U M. Well done. I never because that one was a spelling those. test, so I've always ingrained. I've always remembered it. <laughs> and you know how you you remember a big word? You break it down into parts. <laughs> so if you break it down, Mezim, uh, Brian, yeah. the mum. So here's a question then: Do you think then how, then how would you do the impression of that one done by Bane in this movie? Well, it, it would just be like grunty kind oh, of like. On, say it, say it, say it. Do, do an impression. <laughs> it would be like <laughs> breaking down like I did it. Like, Murder Brian of Mom. <laughs> Yay! Well done. <laughs> Fantastic. Shall we just quickly, quick spoiler? Yes. He does kind of save the day, Mr. Freeze. He does, because anyway. going back to the main plot line, as it were, right? Um. Somehow, using stupid science, right? Stupid science. It's just science, general science. That's general science. General science. Magic <laughs> science. Batman, Robin, and Batgirl are able to un to thaw out all of Gotham City. These heaters will thaw them. I hope you got about 10 million more of those little toys. Eight more minutes in a city full of Gotham might dry ice cubes forever. Sunlight could reverse the freezing process. We'll summarize them for five hours. Here. But it's morning in the Congo. If we could relay the sunlight. From the other side of the equator. It'll take the satellites about a minute to realign, but... Damn. Damn? Damn's not good. Those targeting mirrors are frozen. The thawing beam won't work. All right, I'll set the telescope. You thaw the mirrors. Tonight's forecast... A freeze is coming. And then, by this point, Batman says to... It actually says something quite profound, mm. where it's like saying, you know, I'm not here to take life, I'm here to restore life. And says, like... I, I And he actually begs Mr. Freeze, look, Mr. Uh, I have a close friend of mine who's on stage one of the same thing that your wife's having. Mm. Coincidence. Coincidence, right? <laughs> Can I... Do you can you help me? I will help you if you help me. Help his wife and yeah. yeah. And says like, okay. So he happened to have it on him. <laughs> and a little pouch on his arm. The line though, when he opens it up and it's... Yes, you wanna say it? <laughs> he says, take two of these. And what was the one? And call me in the morning! And, like, he happens to have the antidote that, that Arthur needs, but it, it's very sweet. And, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, probably this contract. Yes. I will work on this film. I need to save the day, though. He needs to save the day somehow, <laughs> even though he's a bad guy. No, but he the thing is, like, Mr. Freeze is always kind of motivated by, like, helping his so basically, wife. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. basically, this movie, in a weird way, even though Mr. Freeze is sort of the villain we all like... Poison Ivy's a main villain. Yeah. And and she's a bitch. She's a total sex-filled bitch. Yeah. While Mr. Well, Mr. Freeze is sort of the anti-hero of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The thing is, uh, Mr. Freeze and Ivy are both villains with good motivation. Yes. They're, they're, they're both doing it for good causes. But this film makes Ivy into a sex-crazed bitch mm-hmm. with no power. 
Yeah. And it makes Mr. Freeze into an action hero with a machine gun. I love it. Okay. I love it. Overall, we've rewatched this now. We've finally seen the whole thing. We broke down all our favourite parts. That's not our worst parts. We've defended every character and bashed every character. Yes. And so we need to basically say, overall, what do we think of this movie? Watching it again after so long. I still remember why I loved it as a kid. Yeah. I think like still seeing that ice scene. I'm taken back to being in the cinema. The spectacle of it. The whole Gotham freezing and oh no, what are the hero is going to do. Mm. I think it's still a great kids' film. Yeah. And you know what? I, partly because I remember how much I loved it and how much it meant to me as a kid mm. seeing it. There's that element. Yeah. And it's still so much fun. I mean, mm. you can't watch Batman and Robin surfing through the sky for no reason. Yeah. Without being like, you know, what, I love this. It's fun. I just, it, it's great. If, uh, if it came on the TV on a Sunday afternoon and you had a day off, you'd watch it. I think so. Yeah. And it, yes, it's not like any of the Batman movies that were supposed to be serious. But you know what? If this was its own separate entity in its own bubble, it's really fun. I don't think it's any worse than Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'd argue with that. And I enjoy Suicide Squad a bit. You know, it's... I enjoy this much more than Suicide Squad. Yeah. But... Uh, there's no but I, I, <laughs> I even I even though George Clooney is shit yes. and you can tell he's shit because he doesn't want to be there I still find that hilarious and I find it entertaining mm. yes. and I like um, uh, obviously Arnie is amazing yeah. it's just yeah. so like all the ice puns uh, make the movie I don't care the plot shit and I I like uh, the, the I like how crap Batgirl is, but still great at the same time. It, it, it's and so, yeah, it, it's all the flaws for some reason make it amazing to me. I think it is all the right levels of camp. Yeah, it's very camp. It's very fun. It's there's so many things wrong with it. It feels like a sketch show parody yeah. of Batman, and which you is need, and you great. should enjoy that. Yeah, I would. If French and Saunders is something like this, I would yeah. howl my socks. And, uh, and that's the thing. It's like, for example, I think honestly, for me, the saving grace is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You can see he's having a whale of a time. He's enjoying it. And as, and the yeah. only other time I've seen a villain in a Batman movie enjoy himself that much was Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. True. All the other times have been sort of been like phoned in or half arsed or didn't read match right yeah. this Arnold Schwarzenegger is the only reason why you should really watch this movie you go along with him he's enjoying himself and you enjoy it with him don't mm, you exactly. the fact that he's having, he's actually openly smiling and uh... I, I think this is a whale of a time the only thing is you have to not at all go in there Thinking is going to be going to be faithful at all to any Batman. Law. You have to accept it's the nineties as well. Yes, it's the most nineties film, and a lot of it. I mean, the feminism isn't, isn't good, but nineties yeah. was on a kind of a turning point with that stuff. And yeah. It's reminiscent of that time. Exactly. So yeah. So once. So before we sort of wrap up, then Sophie, thank you very much for being here. It was actually it's been really me. fun. To, it's really been fun to have you on the couch. It's, it's Our great. first guest. I know, right? So. <laughs> Not just me and Johan talking about films. We've got someone else talking about films. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, so, in other words, uh, any guys uh, listening out there, if you want us to have more guests, please tell us. Like, to, you know, put some comments in or share along this and say, oh, we want more guests, we want more people. You know, we'll find some more guests. We'll get some more people on the on, on our very tiny sofa and get that sorted. So, Sophie, you, uh, your Poison Ivy movie, when is it coming out, roughly? Uh, we're expecting that by the time this goes live, it should be out or be available to view on our social media channels. So, if you 
find Triscale Pictures on okay. Facebook, which is quite hard to spell, or find me, probably easier to spell, yep. Sophie Black, on social media, then um, by the time this comes out, we should be able to link you to the film. And I cannot wait to see it. Thank and you. we'll definitely know we'll be better than with um, prediction of... Uh... We hope so. We've tried everything we can do with Ashlyn Diaz's performance to be the anti-humour. Fantastic. The anti <laughs> that, that is my actually. That actually sounds like, like a boss battle at the end, the anti <laughs> So, we'll leave that as a note. So, until next time, keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you guys next time. See you guys. <laughs>listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it if you did please share it around with movie lovers you know maybe add a star rating or write a good review all of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics want to find out more about us then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.